Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Asians Talking Puck. I'm your host, Ahan Seberwal, joined by my co-host, Josiah Chen. And <laughs> I want to start off by apologizing. It's, we have it's been, been a while. It has been. It's been, I think, a month. Um, a few things have been in the way. Firstly, we had a great interview that we did, really enjoyable. Unfortunately, you'll never see it. You'll never hear it um, because the program that we used to record bugged out on us and just deleted half of it um very frustrating secondly we're in college as you guys know um and it is a lot uh you lose a lot of time to record midterms exams class yeah. you know figuring out how to live by yourself yeah um and something that makes us come back after these breaks when we we miss uh recording time is just because we like to do this for ourselves part of what we enjoy about recording is being able to talk and get away from all all the rest of life and just chat about hockey so uh, that's why we always come back. That's why you never see us vanish entirely off the face of the earth. Um, but with that, I will throw it over to my co-host, Josiah. What's up, bro? Long time no see. <laughs> Long time no see indeed. I was looking. Um, our last episode aired in October, like early October, over a month ago. Uh, we're recording this in November. Um, yeah, it, it has been, unfortunately, a long while. Um, we want to try and obviously keep the schedule a little bit more routine, but obviously it is, it is hard. Yeah. Hans right. Yeah. Being in college throws in a lot of loops. I've been gone also mostly through October because our team has been traveling so much for games. Um, but yeah, we're back. Uh, we're well into the NHL season at this point. Um, so we've got a few different things we want to cover and then uh, we're just going to go into season talk just yeah. kind of go over anything and everything we feel like talking about for sure and um we will try and hold the schedule a little bit more in december just because winter break um i don't know about your travel plans but i'll probably be at home for significant portions of break um yeah actually um funny enough i i will i'll be home as well but I will be up in the area. So maybe we'll have another uh, live episode together. Oh, no way. That's going to be dope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I assume for Christmas and stuff. Uh, yes, I believe we'll be there. We'll be there for Christmas, but I think around that week. We'll be yeah, bring there. your gear too. We'll go, yeah. we'll go hit up a stick and puck. Definitely, definitely. Um, so first things first, uh, Peter McNabb, longtime Avalanche broadcaster and hockey player, passed away. Um, he was just an incredible part of the avalanche community. Um, he was battling cancer and it was in remission. Um, and he was broadcasting, I don't know, like two weeks ago and, uh, out of, out of nowhere, sort of shocked us all that he passed away. Um, he grew up, uh, I believe, um, in Vancouver, if I'm not fully mistaken. Um, he spent some early time in British Columbia. Then he was in San Diego, California. Uh, he was, he's part of a big uh, hockey family. Um, uh, his father was center, won the Stanley Cup with the Red Wings. Um, his brother, David, spent 43 seasons as a scout. Um, and uh, he himself played at the University of Denver. So that's the Colorado connection. Um, and then he went and played for the Cincinnati Swords in the AHL before spending a number of years with Buffalo, Boston and Vancouver and then the Devils. Um, and for us, we're part of this age where 
we didn't ever watch him, and he's part of a part of an era in which you don't really hear about some of these players that often. Like I didn't know how good of a player he was up until I started like paying more attention to him, um, maybe two years ago. But I mean, eight hundred thirteen points in nine hundred fifty four games. He's a member of the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Pretty fantastic career, and he's been with the Avalanche Broadcasting since their inception. Yeah, definitely um, a legend for sure. Very sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. What do you think about the fact that for us, there's so many of these players from the 70s and 80s that we never got to witness who you just sometimes see and you're like, wait, this dude had a thousand points. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely crazy to think about. And especially when you think about the way that hockey was back then if that makes any sense because the game was physical it wasn't as fast like you know obviously there's nothing we could do because we're just young but it's like it feels bad that we didn't get to witness that era of hockey to really see the growth in the game I mean obviously I would say that in our lifetime the game has definitely still gotten faster but to really compare that to like you know the days when Gretzky played for example would be something that I wish I was able to do yeah, for sure. Um, it's just a period we'll never get to experience. The same way that kids 20, 30 years from now will have no idea what it was like to to watch McDavid post highlight reel plays every time he got on the ice. Um, yeah. Here's here's something I was thinking about the other day because I was looking at McDavid's blah, McDavid's um, stat lines through ooh, however many games. I think maybe 500 games because uh, I think he recently reached that mark. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and obviously, right now, McDavid is the best player in the NHL, and it's not even close. But if you look at... Like, I, don't know if it's a, I don't know if we can say not even close, but yes, best player in the NHL. Okay, sure. Yeah. But, I mean, in my in my eyes, there's just no... There's no, no there's one, no one like what him. McDavid does right now. Um, sure, maybe there are some guys that are close. But um, regardless, if you look at his point totals while they're incredibly impressive in the long history of the NHL, like he's nowhere near Gretzky, for example, like, which is astounding to me because, you know, he's just, you know, it really begs the question, that age old question of, Oh, you know, what would happen if Gretzky played in our era or what would happen if Crosby and McDavid played in the seventies and eighties? It's like, well, you know, it's just it's just a, a thought to think about. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, Gretzky had this quote from that roundtable discussion on 2017 when they had uh, Kane, Taves, and a few other players sit down. Great players find a way to play in every era. Um, yeah, we can just make it in any era. So that's to think about. But uh, yeah, very much saddened by Peter McDabb's uh, passing such a positive force there are so many things that he did to make everyone feel included since we do care a lot about inclusion yeah from the pride um pin that he would wear um to talking about the importance of girls hockey growing the game just a special person he often talked about how he was sort of that meathead hockey player that sometimes gets uh thrown around a lot in terms of stereotypes now he shifted from that when he had kids, when he had a family, when he played the NHL, meeting so many great people. Um, and so, yeah, a, a truly incredible career and a very much a remarkable human. Um, 
very special to, to listen to. Um, and from one part of annoying news to another, do you want to intro our next topic since I kind of rambled a little bit there? Yeah. Uh, so admittedly, this is a very difficult transition to make uh, because we go from talking about a great legend in the NHL to kind of on the complete opposite end of that. Uh, so anyways, the Boston Bruins made a very bold decision this past week to sign prospect Mitchell Miller to what was it a three-year entry-level contract or was it a one-year it yeah, was some it was a standard like nine two five maybe it's one year I'm not quite sure I don't yeah, remember I, it was I, a contract nonetheless it was an uh, yeah it was an ELC now for those who don't recognize the name Mitchell Miller was a fourth round pick uh by the Arizona Coyotes in 2020 and shortly, I actually remember this breaking initially back then. Yeah, me um, too. I think we talked about it. We might have. Yeah, I don't think not on the podcast. The, but yeah, just, we didn't have yeah, the podcast between up, us. We definitely might have mentioned it. Um, and basically, the Arizona Coyotes uh, essentially gave up their rights to him as a prospect because it had come out that he had been bullying a former classmate of his um, back in middle and high school. Um, now, I think the the most sort of astounding thing here while I'm not justifying obviously by the fact that he was in middle and high school what I think is more important is just the lack of like a true sincere response from Miller's end now um, you know it had been reported that Miller had like no remorse for any of the things that he did because you know in some ways you know if he was doing this in middle school obviously while it's not right if he had truly changed as a person the argument could be made that, okay, maybe give him a shot. Um, but the, the scary thing is that he, he didn't seem to have any change at all. So yeah. the Boston Bruins tried to sign him. And then I think one or two days after with all this public backlash, of course, they dropped him. Well, I think they did fully sign him. They, they got a full signature done. Oh yeah. Um, no, they, they definitely did fully yeah. sign him. Um, I'm going to, I want to grab your thoughts on this, but then I actually have something to add after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to call what he did to the kid bullying. I think that's an understatement. Yeah. Let's, definitely. I don't want to beat around the bush here. So it was a special needs black kid. So very much a minority demographic. Um, and the, you can read up the things he was doing. It was borderline torture. Like there's, there's bullying that you do as a 14 year old that people can get past, right? Like, yeah. The jokes, teasing, a little bit too much teasing, um, saying something that's maybe a little bit inappropriate, um, things that you can get past. Mistakes that a 14-year-old makes maybe gets a, a slap on the wrist and, and you get over it. And it's mm -hmm. like, I don't care. And then yeah. there's this. This is not a mistake that a 14-year-old makes on average. Like This is like a, like a sick decision to, to do that. And um, apparently he, he had a court um ordered like apology so he did that and he was with the other kid who was involved and the other kids breaking down in tears um and not make that clear there are two kids or maybe more than two kids who are accused of this um bullying um and the other kid with mitchell miller's breaking down crying apologizing like clearly remorseful realizing what he had done and i think he got over it and apparently in the courtroom mitchell miller was like death stare like absolutely no um, emotion on his face, didn't care in the slightest. Um, and that's what everyone keeps saying in that 
the mother of the the kid who got bullied says that we we got the court ordered apology and now we need something real Mm -hmm. um so just a very ridiculous ridiculous decision by a 14 year old it's just hard like you 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 don't you want to give everyone a second chance you want to be that optimist believe in that world and there's this kid and it's like yeah it sucks that a decision he made at 14 is affecting him now but look at the decision he made at 14. i don't know any other 14 year old who would even consider that like not even in their wildest dreams would they think to do that to appear so mm-hmm. like insane yeah and you have to wonder too what the boston bruins were thinking because i mean he's a fourth round pick so sure he's a prospect but the percentage of fourth round picks that make it to the nhl is incredibly slim it's like maybe 10 to 20 percent i i was reading on the statistics of that the other day i just you really it really makes you wonder why teams will sometimes take this huge gamble with this like you know public view which is very important well i think it's obvious why they took him um his ushl season i think he was defenseman of the year like led the league in points or something like that like like a like historic season in the ushl oh okay yeah i mean i knew i get what you mean like it's a huge risk to take to take a kid with this type of history teams were you want to take a vander kane and that's someone who you you knew at the nhl level could be a high-end player so Mm -hmm. I yeah. agree. So here's the, the next caveat that I want to throw into this because I actually just was reading about this earlier today. So this is coming from uh, ESPN, which normally I'm not a huge fan of, uh, of ESPN covering hockey, but it's from uh, Greg Wyshynski. So it, to me, he's a very trusted um, author. So he was talking about in one of his articles how the Boston Bruins – even though they dropped him publicly, he's still under contract with the team. They can't just do that. There's some problems with the NHLPA in doing that. So, because basically he's under contract now. So the Bruins have to figure something out or pay him. Um, so basically they only have a few options. One of the options is they just essentially pay him to do nothing. um, And then they buy him out at the end of this season, which, you know, is, I guess, sort of maybe the standard option, but then, you know, that creates cap issues. You know, you're paying this. I mean, he doesn't have a huge cap hit. It's uh, also, you're paying someone 900 K. Yeah. I mean, it's not a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money. I mean, not for the Bruins necessarily, but they need that cap space for, you know, elsewise. Yeah, but, but even like beyond, like from a human perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's near not... a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. And just and it's the a idea kid. that you're paying this kid who did all of this, that to do nothing, you know. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm, I'm speaking from a purely business perspective here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so the, the next option would be that, the Bruins try to work something out with Miller and the NHLPA that would allow him to become a free agent, which that also might be an option for them. Um, And then the last one, which I thought this was the standard. I thought this is how this works is the NHL could terminate the contract. But the problem is, is that the NHLPA would probably file some sort of grievance to fight back against that. Now, whether or not they end up doing that 
you know, as a means of just public um, eye at that point, because the NHLPA might not file a grievance just because of Miller's history and then call it a day, the contract's terminated. But it's not exactly as easy as just dropping him is what I'm trying to say from the Bruins' perspective. No, it's certainly not. Um, Gary Bettman said he's not eligible to play, but if he wasn't eligible to play, then the contract never would have gone through. So clearly yeah. there was no eligibility eligibility issue. Mm-hmm. I don't – Bettman simply just, like, had to say something. Um, yeah. Because, of course, the league doesn't approve of this. They never would. Yeah. Um, well, there's this question of – there were a number of teams inquiring about him. So was this a situation where the Bruins signed them and said, let's just hope the, the world doesn't freak out. And then they did. And now they're like, damn, got to terminate this contract. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very, it's a very odd situation. And, and of course, as you said, the PA has an obligation to represent players with contracts. So even if the league steps in and says, you know, we're terminating this contract, they have to give a valid reason. And then the PA has to fight it. Now whether the PA fights it with a lot of vigor you don't know because then uh, miller can technically sue the pa for not representing him to their fullest ability and yeah. the unions it, it's a very it's a bad situation for the league because yeah. there's no easy way to terminate this contract if miller wants to put up a fight if miller wants to fight this he has a lot of power yeah because the thing is is like if i'm on the nhl pa yeah in theory it's like why would you file a grievance let's just let's not have this contract, but yeah, then you're right. They might also have just some legal obligation to file a grievance or something in I there that we're do. not, yeah, something there yeah. we're not quite aware of, but it's, it's messy. It's messy. And that's, you know, I, that's what happens when you do this kind of thing as the Boston Bruins, because at the end of the day, the Bruins were the ones who started this whole mess, getting themselves into it. So. And know. I mean, it is like you, you see Don Sweeney drafted badly. He just failed at his job of drafting. So now they need yeah. picks to replenish after this last dance. So they mm-hmm. go out and they sign this kid. Don Sweeney eventually will get fired. He just will. Like maybe not because yeah. of this, but eventually he's going to get fired. And the reason is going to be because he drafted poorly. So he's trying to save his job with this move, hoping that it <laughs> won't blow up in his face. And it does. And it was stunning to see Bergeron... Um, Felino and I think Marshawn also spoke on it, calling out this move in public. Like, it's very rare for players to go up, go out, and speak against their general manager's move, and to say that this guy's like we don't want him anywhere near us. Yeah, that to me too was very. It's an indictment on Don Sweeney. Yeah, that was really just kind of shocking to hear too that yeah all the players none of the players approve this i mean like, i'm not surprised that they don't want him near no, them no no yeah yeah, yeah. i'm but like I mean, that they would yeah. speak out yeah yeah, yeah totally power to the players but like how sure. do, how how do you as don sweeney not understand that hey none of my players want this guy on the team even from a hockey perspective you know if you've yeah. got one guy no one likes on the team it, it's just the chemistry is not going to work yeah it's and not i mean happen. look at the start the bruins are having why would you jeopardize that with this kid yeah why would you jeopardize the chemistry the good vibes that they have right now so it's just it's messy and I, i'm kind of curious who else wanted to, to take a look at this kid and, and give him a chance because the reports are saying that you know a number of teams were looking into him and what's a number is that one or two more is that five or six is that 10 or 11 teams and, and if so yeah yeah, I mean, well, I'm not going to speculate on who it would be, but 
I mean, obviously the NHL and not just the NHL specifically. I mean, if you look at the, the NFL, for example, is not any better, but um, the NHL has a record of giving a lot of players these huge second chances. I mean, you know, if you look at the likes of, I guess Jake Vertanen didn't end up getting re-signed, but he was pretty, pretty close. Uh, Evander Kane, Tony D'Angelo, you know, all these guys with, you know, problems still getting signed. So in a way, as much as I don't agree with it, it almost doesn't surprise me that people are interested in them because I think a lot of GMs, unfortunately, just look at it as a purely business thing and nothing more than that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rough to see. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, it it's just it's just a lot of contradictions in a situation. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what Don Sweeney thought. Like, like this kid's radioactive. I mm-hmm. mean, University of North Dakota took away his scholarship. Yeah. I'm 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 sorry, but how do you like if a school's revoking a scholarship? If if no one wants to be around him, if even the, in the USHL, you're not hearing too much from his coaches and his teammates that he's changed. Like, why are you having just like, you should have I heard even in draft interviews, he just didn't care. Like mm-hmm. part of why he fell to the fourth round instead of being like a second or third round pick, which he could have been apparently based off his talent was the fact that like in his interviews, they knew about this and he was just like stone cold killer. Like, I don't care. Like that kid sucks. I'm amazing. Just, super arrogant yeah which we actually not obviously not to the same extent but we talked about this a while back too with our shane wright thing how yeah a lot of time that that character really plays into draft decisions and oh, yeah. how we've seen people fall because of that um yeah i mean i guess uh we'll see what pans out here yeah. with the nhl um uh, but, I, I think I remember like some stories of like uh, players getting drafted on their character alone. Or I think um, who was it? Who was the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs? The one who got um, Muzzin or Riley? Uh, he's now in um, Burke. Um, yeah, Brian Burke. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. I, I hopefully I'm not forgetting. Him. He's a hockey legend. Um, I think he told a story that when he was assistant GM um, and they were interviewing Landeskog um, in that draft, uh, they were considering just getting another first round pick just for Landeskog. Like, yeah, they wanted, they, there are certain guys that they wanted so bad. They were just like, we'll get another one. We got to get another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, look at how he panned out. Yeah. Great example. Character matters. Sure. Yeah, it really does. I mean, perfect example is Dan Ochara. Like type of guy he is, terrible at skating from f- when he was in juniors. Horrendous skater. No one wanted him. No team wanted him, and he turns out to be like a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, just the hardest worker on the planet to make sure that he got good at skating. Make sure he could walk the blue line. Make sure he could dish incredible passes and shoot well. And hard work goes a long way. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Should we move into hockey talk that's not upsetting? Yeah, let's uh, let's move into some more uh, casual, hopefully a little yeah. more fun and entertaining. We'll uh, jump off with the Bruins, right? Do you want to talk about them? Why? Yeah, let, let's uh, let's let's hit the Bruins. 
Um, yeah, so the Bruins are currently the best team in the NHL right now. I think. Let me double check on that real quick. It's not 2013 or 12. Why are they this good? What is? They're 11 and two. Um, Yeah, it's. uh, I I you know truth be told, I haven't had a ton of time to watch games. I so I really have no idea what's been going so well for them. I mean, I know they've had sucking on the fountain of youth. That's what they've been doing. Yeah, and I know they've had some. uh, rejuvenated stars to come back. Obviously, Krejci has been doing fairly well, though I think he got injured. Yeah, I don't I don't even get it. Like, Krejci, like, Halep's a good second-line center, but Krejci is still so, so, so good. He is, yeah. Um, yeah, so much so. He, like, people were noticing him. I know he got picked up in my fantasy league. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how they're doing that well. Um, Here's my take for the season. I don't think they're going to keep that up. I think they'll be – hold on. Let me let me double-check this. I think they'll be a wild-card team in the East. I, do. I don't think they'll be a wild-card. I think they'll be a mm, – I think they'll be a play – I think they'll definitely make the playoffs, and I think they'll be a – Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll make, they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll finish top three in their division just because McAvoy's coming back soon and – Yeah. Um, I don't know. They have cap, I, they I, issues with that, but still, when they get him back and the way DeBrusque has just broken out – found confidence yeah. their younger players have somehow gotten good bergeron Pasternak, unbelievable Krejci mm-hmm. coming back huge help um marsha had a schedule i somehow think that they're probably going to make trade deadline acquisitions to hampus lindholm huge help right now yeah yeah i, I don't know i i mean hockey is always unpredictable but i really can't see them finishing better than third I, I know that's that's probably a hot take, but um, no, I see him sitting at third. That's that's where I see him. I yeah. think they'll fall down a little bit just because their division's yeah a weapon. But you know, so here's the interesting thing to take if we take a look at the standings real quick. I, this is why when it comes to hockey, you just can't trust anything right now because we're still fairly. I mean, we're well into the season, but it's still early. Um, so in the Metropolitan Division, the New Jersey Devils are the first team followed by the Islanders and then Carolina keep in mind New Jersey and New York neither of them made the playoffs last year and then in the Atlantic it's Boston followed by Detroit and then Toronto Uh, and then your wild card spots are Philly and Tampa Bay now some notable teams who aren't in the playoff picture at the moment are the Florida Panthers the New York Rangers the Washington Capitals the and the Pittsburgh Penguins all of which were playoff teams last year, and New York even making it to the Eastern Conference Final. Dude, it's it's honestly, wacky. It's wacky. We're in like 2005 right now. Like, it's legitimately yeah. like the year is 2005, so and the wacky. New Jersey Devils are tearing through teams like no tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we were just talking about this earlier off camera, but. Buffalo right now also was starting off a bit hot. They've since fallen. I have to think New Jersey will do the same. I can see New Jersey at the end of the year maybe finishing as a wild card team. I think that's what they're fighting for. I feel like they're going to be bubble. Yeah, they're bubble. Um, I've been impressed by all these teams so far. New Jersey, I think they just have the talent. Say what yeah, you want about do. Nico Heischer. He's just so solid. Like He's been good. He's and not, Jack Hughes not, has been great, yeah, too. Like he's not dynamic as much as you'd want him to be for a first overall pick, but he's so solid. 
Jack yeah. Hughes, unreal. They just have such a good young lineup with so much talent. Um, so it's just fantastic. Buffalo two, and I think they're they usually get off to hot, hot. They usually get off to hot starts. There we go. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I think they're gonna not cool down as much as they used to, just because I think they have more talent in their lineup. I think yeah. Tage Thompson's the real deal. I think he won't be as you know ridiculous as last year, but it'll be good. And I like I like their defense. Their defense is so mm-hmm. good. They remind me a lot of the Avalanche, actually. And here's why: 2016-17, worst record in modern NHL history. Next year, losing the first round to the Preds, um, uh, six games. This reminds me of that, like like Buffalo now has a ton of youth ton of good depth the pieces are coming into place the goaltending is somehow like functioning and i think they're gonna maybe make the playoffs this year i legitimately think that considering that they're floating even with these injuries with a couple of smart additions in their youth developing through the season i think that second wild card place for them not insane i don't know like 42 43 wins I mean, they banked uh, a lot of them already. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't I, – I, I don't know if I can buy into that quite yet because here's the problem I have with Buffalo, the goaltending. You've got Comrie and Anderson. I just – I don't think that is a duo that can win 40-plus games. No, I don't think so either. I think yeah. they're going to have to switch that up. <laughs> yeah. Now, hear me out. If you get a solid goalie – then yes, I can see Buffalo fighting for that wild card spot, especially with the emergement uh, emergence of Rasmus Dalin. So good. he's been nuts, dude. We I picked mean, him in fantasy, so and I was like, fun. "Oh, our defense is mid." Because yeah. we, because I had it, I had Josiah finish out a draft for me <laughs> because I had to go, and I was like, "All right, my first pick with Murat Sider is pretty good. Uh, we'll see." Also, get I get Dalin, who's insane, Norris candidate fire me up guys lights out yeah um it's funny because i mean he definitely seemed so so his first year but he's really developed so well since um he's been fun to watch yeah i i'm I'm in full agreement i mean if they get a goaltender they could do it but i just don't see them making it this year with that tandem in that i just i, I think can't also it. they're so injured right now so banged up they on are. the defensive side yeah. so definitely mm-hmm. not going to help i think just floating at like 500 510 would be a miracle um yeah other teams off to a hot start red wings i'm not surprised the eyes are plans the eyes are plan the young guys are getting it done <laughs> everyone on that plan. team is just another really good team um vegas i'm also not surprised um they have a healthy jack eichel i've always said it jack eichel surrounded by good talent healthy is a really really strong uh team so yeah yeah uh vegas Vegas has been interesting to me they definitely yeah they've gotten off to a good start i think they'll be good this year um they'll definitely make the playoffs i wouldn't be surprised if they uh finish second i think is probably where i would put them as of right now in the pacific but i mean honestly it they could beat out edmonton or calgary 
for mm-hmm. first. That would not surprise me at all. I mean, currently they have an eight point lead on Edmonton and a 12 point lead on Calgary through roughly the same number of games played, give or take one or two. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Vegas is good. Um, last year, good. yeah, Seattle has definitely been on the up. Um, yeah, I feel like last year for Vegas was a little bit of a fluke for them. Uh, I think they were not e- or they're not usually that bad. Yeah, also a team that has no prop picks and, and prospects. That's fine though. Uh, how about their goalie? Guy played in Canadian college hockey, and he's now a starter in the NHL. Logan Thompson. Yeah, yeah, he's crazy. Um, he's he's good too. Yes. After what was it? Was it? Was it Vegas or some? Didn't how many different goalies did they have at one point? They had like I could have sworn they rotated through like yeah six or seven in one season because they had had him, Leonard, Subban, Picard, Flurry. Calvin Pickard played. I thought so. I thought they no way. That's crazy. I I didn't even like I was still uh, around. I thought that dude had retired. I think like twenty five too. Yeah. Um, I thought they also had uh, Maxim Lagasse at one point. They yeah. had a lot of people. <laughs> um, that is wild. Yeah. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, did he play for him? I don't – I remember he was rostered at one point. No, I I, he did not play for them, but he might have been rostered. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'll take a look. We'll, we'll investigate. Yeah. I don't think so. But between Maybe. Leonard and Thompson, I, I like that uh, – I like that tandem for Vegas. I mean, yeah, I, me too. Is, is Leonard's still injured, I believe, right? Yeah. So obviously he's out, but once he gets back, I think that's a solid tandem for Vegas. They'll for be sure. they'll be good. Um, I can't not remember surprised. what's the projected return for Leonard. Once he's supposed uh, to not to like the spring, if if at all. I think he might be out for the entire season. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. I think he'll probably come back. Yeah, um, it says he'll miss the entire season, but um, he'll probably come back like for the playoffs and put them over the cap and then win them a Stanley Cup, knowing how this league works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seattle Kraken, also really good. Um, not surprised. Um, I think the way that, that that team was set up was we're going to draft a bunch of guys of all mm-hmm. different makeups. Um, we're not going to try and be good our first year. We're just going to find what sort of talent – um, meshes together and they draft Matty Berniers, who's insane. Um, yeah. A lot of their defense seems to gel really well. Um, Grubauer is doing much better. I just think they're finding those cornerstone pieces for their franchise. And uh, Burakovsky, really good ad, really smart ad, big core piece for them. Yep. I think with another two years worth of draft picks getting into the lineup um, in the next five, six years. That'll be a really good team. Yeah. And not to uh, mention, not too, um, he's been injured or he's day to day right now. But yeah. I like Jared McCann. Yeah. He's been good. Special um, player. As their captain, too. I think that's, uh, he's definitely starting to make a name for himself. Yeah, um, for sure. Which is interesting because, I mean, I remember when he was on, I think it was Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. They didn't and give him much of anything. Yeah. He was a, I feel like he was a depth guy in Pittsburgh. Yeah. They took, they took Kapanen over him. Which yeah. is just like it, it. It sort of goes to show because we can hop over to some of the reasons why those teams are struggling: St. Mm-hmm. Louis, Minnesota, Pittsburgh. They've had shakeups in the shakeups in their lineup, and their depth's not working. Some of their older guys are, you know, 
taking some slower starts and uh, their depth isn't panning out. Cabin is not doing much. You go to St. Louis, their depth's not working out. Minnesota, they're playing well. They're just getting sort of out finished and out executed every night. So yeah, um, I think all those teams will move up in the standing. I think that teams like Seattle will fall. Teams like uh, Det- um, Detroit, New Jersey, Buffalo will fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see down the road who makes it in those wild card positions. Is it these last dance teams like Pittsburgh, Boston, and even to some extent St. Louis, um, or or is it going to be some of these young upcoming teams? Uh, so yeah. also Dallas doing really well right now. Yes, yeah. Jake Ottinger is still a weapon. <laughs> he is. He is. I remember watching him. What was it against Calgary? He was nuts. He was the only reason Dallas stood a chance in that series. Hey, we got to throw in our boy Jason Robertson. Oh, yeah. Legend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, really yeah. good. Um, but uh, with that, um, I think we're going to close it out. I think we're going to try and come back with another episode uh, soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we thank you all for listening to Asian Talking Puck. Hope you enjoyed. Um, Gain to hear some thoughts on the season. We'll catch you guys in the next one.